This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I am so grateful for the leadership of of our children today, but I do have a small bone to pick because I've heard that children's sermon three times now and nobody has mentioned Spangles fries as the best. No? Anybody? Spangles? Okay, thank you. I like these people. Um, <laughs> as, as we continue uh, hearing from God's word today, uh, would you be in an attitude of prayer? Gracious and creative God, we give you thanks for the gift of this day. May these words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts gathered here be found faithful in your sight. For you, O God, are our rock. You are our strength. You are our Redeemer. Amen. Well, today we are continuing with our Lenten sermon series on Brene Brown's book, The The Gifts of Imperfection. And today we are shifting to talk about the theme, Cultivating Creativity and Letting Go of Comparison. And so we're going to try something a little different today, because one of the ways that I like to create uh, is by making pottery. And so I'm going to try to do something that I haven't really done before, and that is walk and chew gum at the same time. (laughs) Um, Those of you who know me know that I'm not the best multitasker, but uh, we're going to talk today about what it means that we are created in the image of a creative God. For if nothing else, I think this is what the creation stories tell us, that God is creative. And so if we are made in the image of God, we too are created beings. But so often, that creativity can get lost as we fall into the traps of comparison. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today and what it means to be imperfect. Now, when it comes to making something on the wheel, the first thing you have to do is get it in the center. And you got to throw it down or else it'll come off like it did at the eight o'clock service. (laughs) That was not planned. (laughs) And what's interesting about centering clay is that it's how every single pot begins. No matter what the potter's making, whether it's a mug or a bowl, or a vase, or a bottle, it always begins by getting the clay into the still center. And if anybody has ever played with clay before, you know that this is really important, because if you try to make something with a lump of clay that is not centered, it is not going to go very well. So it's worth taking your time. And sometimes as I'm doing this, I like to imagine what it means for God to be a potter and us to be the clay. And I don't do this all the time, but sometimes I imagine God leaning over a wheel as he's crafting and shaping me. And I like to think about how God delights in us. Friends, I think too often we have this idea that God is always mad at us or angry at us. But I think it's more true to say that God is like a loving potter that is tenderly molding and making us, smiling as he does the good work of turning us into the things that he's called us to be. 
And sometimes I think we need to just remember that. So I do that sometimes as I'm centering the clay. Now this clay has gotten a little bit hard, so it's a little bit more difficult. But there it is, just like that. Ooh, yes, Lord. Now, so that's what it looks like when it gets to the center. Now, does that look like much to you? <laughs> is that something that you would put on the top of your mantle and display? The kids have always said yes, I appreciate that, yes. Now, if you're my mom, the answer is yes, absolutely you would, because you would not believe the things that I've made that she puts on display in their house. But this is how every piece of pottery begins, right? And what I loved about what the kids did when they were telling us about the creation story is they reminded us that in the very beginning, before God began to create, the world was formless and void, without shape, without structure. And it is God's good and creative work to bring meaning, purpose, and shape out of that which has none. So in a really real way, I think all of creation, including you and me, we begin like this lump of clay. Nothing but raw material filled with potential energy. And it is the loving hand of the potter, creator, God, who takes that which is formless and begins to give it shape. Now it's said that it was Teddy Roosevelt, who was the 26th president of our country, who once said that comparison is the thief of all joy. And I think in so many ways we have experienced this to be true. Brene Brown, in, in her book, The Gifts of Imperfection, in the chapter where she writes about cultivating creativity, she says, not only is comparison the thief of joy, but comparison is the thief of creativity. And comparison is the thief of creativity because there is no energy left within us to be creative, spontaneous, and original when all of our energy is spent comparing ourselves to other people. Now, I don't know who it is or what it is that you compare yourself to, but I'll be honest with you, I learned this lesson pretty early on in life that creativity or that comparison is the thief of creativity and joy because I have a twin brother. <laughs> and our relationship is really good now, but in middle school and high school, I've got to tell you, it was hard to not compare ourselves. You know, they say that when you have a twin, and I know there's some twins here today, you have a built-in best friend, which is true. But you also have a built-in comparison. And here's the reality about being a twin, and I think my brother would say this too, that if you don't compare yourself, other people will do it for you. <laughs> Who's faster? who's taller, stronger, who's the coolest twin, whatever, you know, these are things you worry about when you're in high school. And I realized that the more that I compared myself to my brother, the less satisfied I got with who I was, you know? 
Now, when I was in high school, I also had a pretty severe stutter, and so that was one of the things that I always felt inferior about, right, is he could, he could talk real smooth, didn't have any fear, and I did, and so I felt less than. I felt like I didn't quite measure up. Now, we've moved past that, but, but, but this is how comparison steals our joy. It makes us feel like we have to be more in order to be worthy. We have to be different than what we are in order to be enough and to be good. Yeah. This is one of the reasons why I think it's so powerful that we're talking about this on Children's Sabbath. Because this is one of the gifts that children give us, I really believe it, is they, they exude this kind of creative confidence that is unashamedly um, confident about being who they are, unique and original. If, if you've had kids or you know kids, you have grandkids, you know this is just kind of who they are. They are unashamed to be who they are. And I think this is what happens. We all have this creative confidence within us because we are created in the image of a loving God. We all have this capacity for creativity and spontaneity. We all have a uniqueness that is stamped into us by the hands of that loving potter and creator God. And we see it in our kids. And it's beautiful. And it's holy. And it's pure. And they have it because they haven't learned the ways of the adults yet. The ways of comparison. Right? But eventually, for most of us at least, we begin to hear and listen to the messages that say, compare yourself to others. And Brene Brown, when she talks about this, she says, actually what you're doing when you're comparing yourself to others is you're competing. You're trying to find out who's the best. Who's the best parent, the best student, the best speaker. Who has the largest house or the nicest garage? Who has the most expensive car or the most attractive spouse? I mean, you can fill in the blank, whatever it is. And the idea that I think our culture tells us is that if you're not the best, <laughs> you've lost. So one of two things happens. We either compare ourselves to others and we believe that we are the best. That doesn't happen very often, but it does. Give me just a sec here. And when we believe that we're the best, what can happen is our ego inflates a little bit. And we all know people who, who kind of fall into that category, right? They just think they're the best. But more often than not, we feel like we're less than. And so we're crushed under the weight of comparison that says, if you're not the best, you're the worst. And we never tap into our creative confidence that our children have and that God gives us because all of our energy is spent trying to be something else. This is why comparison is the thief of creativity and the thief of joy. See, one of the things that I love about God and the good news for us today that I hope you walk away hearing is that God does not play the comparison game. This is what Genesis 1 can teach us. 
Now, it was actually interesting because in the version that the kids read, they, for some reason, this got left out. But at the end of every day of creation, do you, remem do you remember what God says? Kids, what, what does God say at the end? It is good. At the end of every day of creation, God looks at what God makes and says, ah, oh, it is good. And here's the part that I think we need to hear. <laughs> God says that it's good in and of itself, not because it's better than what came before it. If you read the scripture, God doesn't say that the water is better than the light, and so it is good. God doesn't say that the plants are better than the water, and that's what makes them good. The animals are not better than the plants, and so they're good. But each and everything that's created every day is good in and of itself. And it's good because it's made by the hands of a creative God who, simply put, does not make mistakes. Right? So God doesn't play this comparison game, but we do. <laughs> and when we do, more often than not, I'm just going to speak for myself, maybe you'll agree, we try to live a life that is different than ours, try to be something that is different than who God made us to be, and we fail to tap into that creative capacity that God has given us. Now, one of the things that I've learned over about 10 years of being a potter is you've got to know when to stop. Because <laughs> if you don't know when to stop, well, the pot's probably going to fall apart, first of all. But what I've also noticed is that I can spend a whole lot of time trying to make a pot perfect. Trying to make it look like it was manufactured in a factory, that the form would be perfect and beautiful. But what I've discovered as an artist is that the more time you fuss over it, the more it loses its originality, right? There's something inherently beautiful about something that is handmade and so imperfect, right? And I can fuss over it so much that it loses all of that created touch. So it'll be perfect, but it won't be as beautiful. It'll have this contrived nature to it, right? It'll have no originality. And, and, and it's kind of the eye of the potter. And if you're an artist, maybe you know what I'm talking about. There's just a difference you can tell between a pot that's been fussed over too much to try to become perfect and one that has allowed its creative confidence just to emerge and exist. It's kind of the same idea with music, I think. Um, I think a piece of music that is played with technical perfection will never move the human spirit in the same way that if that same piece of music played imperfectly but with passion will. Jack, you're nodding your head because I know you know what I'm talking about, right? And it's the same with our lives, right? If we try to be perfect, if we try to create our life in the image of somebody else, we might be a little more technically perfect, whatever that means, but the originality and creativity that God has uniquely gifted us with will begin to become lost. So what's the point of all this? Well, in closing, what I want to suggest to you is that just as a potter needs to know when to stop, we also need to know when to stop. 
we need to know when to stop comparing ourselves to other people. Because here's the truth, by the way, the life that you're comparing yourself to, the one that looks perfect on social media, it's an illusion. If we were all as honest as we should be, we would know that all of our lives are just as messy as the person we're striving to be, right? So we should stop comparing and begin creating. Whatever it is you do to create, maybe you want to take up pottery, I'll teach you. Maybe you paint. Maybe you do something else that is spontaneous and fun and creative and yet imperfect. We need to do more of that as people because as we create, we are tapped into the creative capacity that God gives us. And yes, there's a certain vulnerability in creating something because it will not be perfect. And yet, we are created. And so we are imperfect, but we're also beautiful. Treasured even, as the kids have told us today, by the God who continually makes and remakes us. So however you create, I hope you will do it. And trust in the hands of the creative, loving God who delights in you as you are. May it be so. Amen.